Thank you for listening to this message from Tree of Life Church. Our prayer is that it will be a blessing to you and that you will find it helpful for life. So open up your heart to receive God's word for you. And again, just God is a God of family. Amen. And he brought us all together. True Life is your home as the family here at Tree. If you're a believer, we're part of the family of God universal around the world. And, and he is a good father. Amen. And he is the way. And what a great reminder for us as we finish up this year and look ahead to the next year that we need to make sure we keep that in mind. He is the only way. Whatever happens in life, you have to make sure that he's the center of your life because there is no other way. And honestly, a lot of us have tried a lot of different ways, haven't we? And so we would all probably stand here and say, he is the only way. I've tried about every other one. And so I just want to encourage you as we wrap up our end of the year uh, 2015 with communion in just a few minutes, uh, just to be reminded of it really is all about Jesus, everything. And make him the center of your life. Make him the center of your home. Make him the center of your family. That's why it's so great to have our kids in here with us so they know what we're all about as, as whole as a church and people coming together uh, with one purpose, one heart, one mind. Go ahead and turn to Exodus 6 for me. We are going to do communion in a few moments. And, and probably many of us, and maybe not, if not all of us, have received communion at some point in time. Um, but it's always important to go back and just really to be reminded of what it really truly represents. What is it really all about? Um, I think it's sad too many times we get into routines. We just kind of go through things and, and it might be something like coming to church and it might be just water baptism just becomes a traditional thing or whatever it is. But there's life in everything we do with Jesus, amen? And so let's always be reminded of the life he brings and only he can do that. Uh, we think of uh, communion, really the beginning place for me this morning is really the fulfillment of promises. And God is a God of promises. He's made a lot of promises. In fact, he's the only one that keeps them, right? Aren't you glad? You can trust him for everything. He's made a lot of promises and he says they're yes and amen. You just gotta trust him and walk out his word. There's four main promises that I see concerning, let's say communion or what it represents. I'm gonna tie the Passover and communion together because really they are reflective of each other. And so in Exodus, this chapter here, or this chapter Exodus 6 and, and all of Exodus really talks about God's deliverance, but in particular, this chapter has a lot to say about four main promises of God, which I believe, again, we need to be reminded of when we receive the Lord's Supper. And so let's take a look at that. Let me start reading in verse six for you as we talk about uh, communion in the Passover this morning. He says this, and listen to the promises. Therefore, say to the Israelites, or my people, God says, I am the Lord and I will bring you out. Listen to that. He says, I will. That sounds pretty firm from God. I will. This is what I'm going to do. Not maybe, hope to, maybe someday. Hey, if you're good, I'm going to bring you out as a promise. I will bring you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians. He goes on to say this. I will free you. Promise number two. I will free you. We'll explain that in just a moment from being slaves to them. I will redeem you. Problem, uh, promise number three with an outstretched arm with mighty acts of judgment. He goes on to say this, I will take you as my own people and I will be your God. Then you'll know that I am the Lord your God who brought you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians. Now, the first promise we saw there in this story in Exodus is Moses is sent to deliver the people of God and as God's speaking to him, he's getting ready to do that. He says, I will bring you out. He says, the first thing I need to do is set you free. Aren't you glad? 
that he came to set you and I free, amen? That's why he came, he came so we can be free. And it talks about a yoke of bondage. Uh, a yoke is something that speaks to being very heavy and we were, we were trapped, if you will. We were bound up and he brought us free from there. He brought us out of that. Now understand what he's saying to the people that are in bondage and slavery. He's like, I need you to change locations. I gotta bring you out of this way of life into a new way of life. And we would say salvation. That's the salvation experience. And in reality, it is a change of locations. We are relocating. He relocated his people, made old things be passed away, all things became new, and spiritually, he relocates us, amen? From the world to his, his heart, his life, his family. And he says, I will free you. I want to bring you out of that bondage. That's the beginning place. I'm going to take that yoke off of you. It's the salvation that we, we long for, one for it, the Bible talks about. He wants to bring us into his family. He has something for us. And then he says, there is a process that takes place after you find your freedom. After he brought them out of Egypt, after he brings you out of the world that we live in before, he says, now we're gonna talk about freedom. Or in a sense, you're out of Egypt, but let's get Egypt out of you. <laughs> How many know when you got saved, it didn't mean that everything you were real spiritual and holy all of a sudden, right? You had a lot of the world to still get out of you. And some of us are still working on some, by the way. I've heard you. No, I'm just kidding. And so there's a process by which that we grow and we discipled and we become more like God from day to day, glory to glory, strength to strength. Amen. And he promises to be there with us and help us and empower us to overcome the addictions and the habits and the mindsets that have been in our, in our minds and, and coming out of our mouths and our hearts for maybe years and years and years. And so, but he promises he promises to bring us out and then he promises to free us, to walk with us, to give us the power. You need then the power to overcome some things trying to hold on to your life. You're uh, a life that has been changed from one moment, one decision, but now you're in a process of growing and becoming more like him. And then he says this, and then he says, I will redeem you. Redeem here means I'm gonna put you back to your original intent, that God has a plan beyond what you can uh, comprehend. It's so great, so grand, so big, so wonderful. He's gonna put you back to what he intended you to be, amen? Because we go down paths and we make choices and this world's trying to steer us directions, but God has a plan and purpose for your life and it's a plan, again, better than you can imagine, hope or dream. And he says, I'm gonna bring you out of bondage and then I'm gonna help you find freedom. And then he says this, I'm gonna redeem you or I'm gonna put you back to the way I always intended you to be. I love that about God. There's always hope, don't give up. There's always hope in him, amen? He is the way. Now we can walk in and fulfill what he has. He says, I'm gonna put you back the way I intended you to be. It means that you're gonna know your giftings, what you're created to do, know your calling. And he's gonna put you in accordance with 1 Corinthians. In 1 Corinthians, we see the picture of a body. What part of the body are you? That's what he wants you to be. And he's gonna put you back to that place. God wants to redeem you and help you find that uniqueness that he created you for. And it says he does it with an outstretched arm. If you remember, he says he does it with an outstretched arm, meaning he's gonna reach down, the Bible says, and pull us up and set our feet upon a rock. He's gonna put us in a place of greatness because in him we are great, amen? He's gonna put us in a place of significance and value because it's in him and through him we have our being, amen? 
So wherever you think you are or have been, when he reaches down, he sets you up in a place of greatness. And then it says that he's also gonna do it with an outstretched arm where he reaches down and puts us up. And it says, and with mighty acts of judgment. That means that he's gonna get after the enemy that's after you. Aren't you glad for that? Aren't you glad that God is, is a God that fights our battles? He goes before us, right? The victory he has won and is ours. God says, I'll pull you up and I'll defeat the devil in your life. That's a fantastic promise, isn't it? And then, he, and then he goes on and promises this. He says, and this last promise is one that's not just about you. Everything's like you, I will, I will, I will bring you out. I will free you. And then he says that I will uh, redeem you. And this one he says, the last one, I will take you as my own people. And this speaks to more than just your individual self. He says, I'm gonna put you with a group of people that will make a difference in this world. He says, I'm going to take you and, and bring you out of bondage. He goes, I'm going to help you walk out a process of freedom. And he goes, I'm going to redeem you back to what I originally intended you to be. And then he says, and I'm going to put you with other people just like that so I can, we can change the world together. I'm going to put you with the people that are overcomers, world changers. It doesn't matter what's going on on the planet. If he is God in your life, then you can overcome. And together we can change the world around us. Amen? Those are great promises of God found here in Exodus 6, 6 and 7. What does that have to do with communion today? What does that have to do with what we're talking about? When it talks about they're living a life beyond ourselves, he's gonna put us as part of his people, put us in the right place, we can make a difference. And all four of those promises, you might ask, how does that deal with communion? When we talk about this, number one, we said salvation out of the yoke of bondage, the first promise, a promise of freedom to do a work on the inside of us, a promise of restoration to put us back to our original intent, and then a promise of fulfillment. God decided to create some promises available to you and I, and he painted a picture so we'd understand it, and the picture is Passover. In Passover, we find all these promises or all these truths tucked away in this beautiful picture of Passover, which becomes communion of the Lord's table. But in the Old Testament, remember that God made these promises and then you have to know where it came from. Then all of a sudden he sends Moses to his people and Moses tells Pharaoh, God wants to deliver his people, let my people go. And Pharaoh says, no way. And you know the story, perhaps. Then all of a sudden, 10 plagues come, and the worst plague being the last plague. And they had been in bondage for over 400 years, and all of a sudden, God says, I'm bringing you out. I'm getting you out of that place and taking that yoke off you. And then he delivers them through these plagues. And the last plague, or the last uh, testing that God sends to Pharaoh was the firstborn of everyone in the land will pass away unless they do what God asks them to do. And that was, there was a sacrifice that needed to be made, a perfect lamb, and they needed to sacrifice that lamb. And then the people of God were to take that, the blood of that lamb and sprinkle it on their doorposts, over their doorposts. And then when the angel sent of the Lord of death would come over, he would pass over the houses that had the sacrificial blood on the doorposts. That's where you get Passover. The angel of death passed over, saving the people of God, God keeping his promises. And that's where we get Passover. And so all of a sudden, then all four million of God's people were delivered. And they were sent out into the wilderness. God brought them out as he promised. And then he established them as a people and he gave them commandments and he gave them 10 commandments, which we know of, but actually he gave them 400 laws to walk out. Just a new way to live. And so they're supposed to walk out a new way of living as God is fulfilling these promises and he brings them out of that place through Passover. And now let's take a look at Exodus 12. 
and turn over to Exodus 12, because what happens then is we fast forward now in, in just a moment. We're going to fast forward 1,400 years. But from that moment on of their deliverance until the Passover, here's what happens. God's people get together every year and celebrate the freedom. It's really like 4th of July, if you will, that they found their freedom there. And after that moment in Egypt, now they're, now they're preparing a, fast, a, a Passover meal that they're killing a, a lamb and they're eating that lamb, but they don't have to sprinkle the blood on the doorposts anymore. But when they c- gather together, they talk about why they're doing what they're doing. And here's what it says in Exodus 12. It says this, and when your children ask you, what does this ceremony mean? Why are we gathering together and doing Passover? Here's what you tell them. Tell them this, it's the Passover sacrifice to the Lord who passed over the houses of the Israelites in Egypt and spared our homes when he struck down the Egyptians and then people bowed down and worshiped. He's saying every time you participate in this Passover meal, tell your kids, be reminded that this is representing or reminding ourselves of when God did what he promised he would do, when he passed over and spared us and brought us out of bondage and slavery, every time. And so for 1,400 years then, that is what they did. They celebrated the Passover and they told the story. They read this passage of scripture to their kids and their grandkids and on down it went, told the story about when God delivered them. And they created some feasts to be reminded of that, the feast of Passover. And they were reminded of when they were brought out of bondage and slavery. Now we'll fast forward the 1,400 years. Jesus is on the earth Passover is celebrated, celebrated all 1,400 years, once a year. Jesus celebrated it when he was born on the planet. In fact, we're gonna fast forward to the final, weeks of, final week of Jesus' life and to the final days of Jesus' life. And now we're on a Thursday night when Passover is traditionally celebrated just like it had been for 1,400 years. So Jesus gathers together the night before he goes to the cross with his disciples, and here's what happens in Luke 22. They're there to celebrate the Passover as everyone had been for 1,400 years. It says, and he said to them, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. They had no idea what he's talking about, but he's going the next day to the cross to be crucified, to be beaten. For I tell you, I will not eat it again until it finds fulfillment in the kingdom of God. And Jesus is talking to him here. He says, for 1,400 years, we've been celebrating Passover. We've been following the the rules that have been set before us and being reminded of what God has done in our lives and in our people. For 1,400 years, I've been sacrificing a a perfect lamb. And he says, Jesus said this, that will never be done again from this point forward. Because he says, I'm going to fulfill what that represents. He said, this is the last time we'll have to take an animal for it to be the sacrifice symbolically. And they don't understand it yet, but he says, this is the last time that we're gonna participate in this meal. From this point on, it is gonna be fulfilled and it is all fulfilled in Jesus. In other words, those four promises are fulfilled only in the person of Jesus in our hearts and our lives, amen? Without Jesus, there are no fulfillment of promises. You can't have the promises of God if you do not have Jesus. Jesus came to fulfill the promises of God. Every promise is fulfilled in the person of Jesus. And when we partake of communion today, we are reminding ourselves that God keeps his promises and everything he promises ours because of the Passover lamb of Jesus. Amen. You can't separate them. No matter how bad you want to live a better life, no matter how much you want for you and your family, no matter how tired of you are the old way, it is impossible without the Passover lamb Jesus to walk it out, to find it, to fulfill it, to live it in your heart and your life. Jesus saying, I am the last lamb to be sacrificed. And the reason why is because 
even for those 1400 years, they couldn't save themselves. You cannot save yourself from sin, it's impossible. They could not free themselves. They need the power to overcome that came through relationship with Jesus. They could not restore themselves to God's original intent and they could not find fulfillment in and of themselves or their own strength. It only comes from God. It could never happen because you don't have the power to do that. You can't have the promises of God without Jesus. And Jesus is at the center of all his promises. Verse 17 goes on to say this. After taking the cup, he gave thanks and said, take this and divide it among you. For I tell you, I will not drink again from the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took the bread and gave thanks and broke it and gave it to them saying, this is my body given for you. Do so in remembrance of me. Do this in remembrance of me. Understand, again, you cannot have the promises of God without Jesus. And Jesus came to fulfill the promises. How can you tie Passover and communion together? Well, because Jesus did. Jesus is the Passover lamb. And that's why believers are instructed from time to time to have communion, the Lord's Supper, Passover. That's why we do that. And I know some people do it the first Sunday of every month, and that's just man's tradition. He says, as often as you do it, do it in remembrance of him. Whenever you decide to do it, and you can do it one Sunday a month, you can do it a Wednesday night a month, you can do it once a year, you can do it however you do it. But when you do it, realize that Jesus was the fulfillment of the promises of God. And all those are yours because of his sacrifice. You can do it every day of your life if you'd like to, but when you do, he says, remember that Jesus is at the heart of all of God's promises. All of God's promises can only be fulfilled in Jesus himself. So the whole goal of communion is to remember the work of Jesus in our lives. Because let me be very clear this morning, you cannot have heaven without Jesus. You cannot have freedom without Jesus. You cannot have restoration without Jesus. You cannot have fulfillment of life without Jesus, the Passover lamb. You cannot separate the two. Jesus is the way. Jesus is the way. Luke twenty two twenty. let me finish this passage right here. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup saying, now listen, this cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. This only happens in my sacrifice, he says. Let me read 1 Corinthians 5, 7. Here's what it says. Get rid of the old by removing the old and look at this part. Then you'll have what's made new. And I just obviously gave you the very wrong scripture right there. I have no idea what that's talking about in the context of what we're saying this morning. But I'm standing on the promises of God that I've been forgiven and he loves me. (laughs) I have no idea where that one came from. But hey, praise the Lord. Amen. I'm sure there's some great stuff to learn. We're not going to go there today. All right. All right. Yeah. You with me? Okay. But at the heart of all of what God wants to do in our lives is Jesus. He is the way. He's the only way. He has to be the center of it all. So let me say this. Get close to Jesus. Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God, the Passover Lamb. You know, interesting when we talk about the Lamb of God, the Passover Lamb, when you talk about Jesus being described in Scripture, I don't know if you know this or not, but he is described... The term used to describe Jesus more than any other term in scripture is lamb. If you were to study it out, 104 times the word lamb is used in scripture to describe Jesus. John 129 says this, I hope. The next day, the next day, John saw Jesus coming towards him and said, look, there we go. Look, the lamb of God. Look, the Lamb of God, listen to what he does. He takes away the sin of the world. He's the only one that can. He is the way, why? Because he is the Lamb of God, the sacrificial lamb. 
is important for us to understand that. I don't know if we've ever thought about tying Passover and communion together, the Lord's Supper, but there is no separating the two. All the promises of God are found in Jesus, the Lamb of God, our Passover Lamb, the sacrifice, amen? And he is, that, he is the Lamb, the sacrifice, that takes away the sins of the world. It only happens through Jesus. The only way, really, the Bible says that you are, maybe I'll use the word eligible, to partake of the Lord's Supper is if you've already received the sacrificial lamb. So before we receive communion of the Lord's Supper in recognition of all the promises of God, you need to be a holder of them. In other words, you need to have already received the sacrificial lamb as your Lord and Savior. You need to already have invited him in to take away your sin. So before we actually can partake of communion, honestly, before we take, partake of it, we need to give an opportunity for everyone in this place to know that they know that they know that Jesus is their sacrificial lamb, that you've received him and allowed him to come, remember, and, and bring you out of that place of bondage, save you, relocate you spiritually, a new place. We hope that you enjoyed this message. You can find more messages and information about Tree of Life Church at treeoflifechurch.org. We'd like to invite you to come visit us at 5513 IH35 South in New Braunfels, Texas, or you can watch us on live stream. Thank you again for listening.